Good morning, all. Welcome to worship from the sanctuary of the First Presbyterian Church here in Quincy. Uh, it is good to know that you are out there. Uh, it is also good to know that it feels like we're getting to the end of this stuff. So that is good news. Um, but if you're not yet comfortable being around folks, and that I, I do understand completely, it is good to know that the Holy Spirit will connect us in this way in worship. So thanks for taking the time to watch, to open your hearts, minds, and entire beings to the presence of the Lord uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I do have some announcements I'd like to share with you this morning. First, I do ask that, again, you remember all those on our prayer list. Um, there are almost always new names each week, and there's a shuffling, you know, you know some folks I need a lot of prayer today and less tomorrow and then a lot again the day after that. So please pay attention to that list and include those folks in your daily prayers. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, it feels like we're kind of coming to a turning point, a new point in this whole pandemic mess. And in our county and in our town, uh, numbers have been better and been pretty, pretty steady. So um, what we're going to do or what the session has planned to do is that on May 23rd, which is Pentecost Sunday, we will be back in the sanctuary. It will be still different. Uh, every other pew, distance between, <clears throat> excuse me, households, um, masks up, uh, limited, if any, singing, but it will be together indoors. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I hope you are as well. Uh, so May 23rd, Pentecost Sunday, put that on your calendar. Also on May 1st, which is next week, next week, the first Sunday of May. I don't think it's the first, maybe it's the second. May 2nd, the first Sunday of May. Normally we're at Old Philadelphia. Now Old Philadelphia is a beautiful place, stunningly beautiful place with lots of history and memories and spirit but it's a tiny little box. So we're not gonna go there again this year. We're not gonna be inside at Old Philadelphia, but to celebrate that day and to remember the connection we have with each other, the Church uh, Food and Fun Committee, uh, Congregational Life and Fellowship is fixing us a Sunday brunch. So don't eat your breakfast, uh, maybe have a cup of coffee, but skip the breakfast, come on to church to worship out on the soccer field outside hopefully a beautiful Florida day, and have some uh, brunch together as we worship one, uh, with each other uh, outdoors in God's sanctuary. Coming up soon after that, uh, and I don't know the date, maybe you know the date, Magnolia House is having a May 8th. May 8th. So the next week, there is a fashion show at Magnolia House. If you've always wanted to be a catwalk model, here's your chance. Scott, you up for it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but give us a call at the office if you'd like to participate. It's something that we've done uh, many, many years, had to take last year off, but it's something the residents love. So hope that you uh, will participate if that's a thing that you enjoy to do. Uh, Dogwood Acres is making plans to come back this summer. Registration's open. Uh, they'd love to have uh, you sign up your kids or grandkids. Call Lisa if you have any questions. Remember this. Uh, Money is never a reason that a kid doesn't go to camp. There's always money available in the, in the form of scholarship through churches, through the camp itself, 
through benefactors, we'll get your kid, grandkid, or neighbor kid to camp if they'd like to go and you think it would be a good experience for them. So call Lisa with any questions. And friends, thank you again, uh, continuing with your pledges, uh, your gifts, your offerings. And this week uh, is the Presbyterian Women's Birthday Offering, special offering that helps with many ministries around the world and locally. Uh, I hope that you would consider also making a, a donation for the Presbyterian Women's Birthday Offering. Just make it out of the church and in the memo line, put birthday offering, send it in, drop it by, or bring it to the field on Sunday uh, and drop it in the Joe Ash box, in the offering box. Uh, that we might improve lives, help people, uh, help our neighbors around the world. Is there anything else that I missed? No, no, no. All right. Friends, again, welcome. Uh, good to know that you are there. Remember the 23rd. Thank you to Scott. Thank you to Tamara. Thank you to Chris and Ian and the scholarship section leaders uh, for supplying music, sharing their talents with us. Thanks to all of you for being here um, this way in worship today. Friends, the Lord be with you. Let us worship God with thanksgiving. Let us pray. Lord of forgiveness and welcome, you love and care for us even when we do not deserve it, even when we hurt each other, even when we hurt you. Teach us to forgive and love in the same way so that this world might be more like your heavenly kingdom, where you welcome your children, when, where your children will finally recognize their connection and kinship. Teach us to turn from all that divides us, from racism and hypernationalism, misogyny, classism, greed, and to turn to each other with kindness, decency, and respect. Help us to do the work of listening so that love, understanding, and empathy would be the only things between us. Give us the strength and courage to speak against evil and to dismantle it wherever it has found a foothold. Lord, through your goodness, help us to be instruments of healing in your world and this community. Good Father, inspire in us loving and generous hearts that we would understand your call to share your love and grace and our time and treasure. Bless us with the desire, the ability, and the fortitude to always act in good faith and to always seek the good in each other. We pray that you'd share your wise and good guidance with world, national, state, and local leaders who have the power to change lives through their words and actions. And we pray your protection for those who serve honorably to protect others and to push back on those who do not. All this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who in addition to everything else, also taught us to pray together this prayer saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
Friends, we are blessed that uh, one of our section leaders, Cameron, is now singing for us beautiful old hymn, Be Thou My Vision. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, thank you so very much. Uh, all right, everybody. I messed up. I realized about an hour ago that I wrote a sermon for the wrong passages. <laughs> it's been that kind of day. <laughs> so what I did is I wrote a sermon for the passages that we should have, would have normally might have used last week, uh, but it was Youth Sunday, and they went in a different direction, and I was looking at the narrative lectionary list. Um, this week is supposed to be on Philip and the baptism of the Ethiopian eunuch, which is probably why Chris, second Chris, picked a hymn that you'll hear in a little bit that has to do with water and baptism and all that. Well, that's what it was supposed to be. Um, that's not what I wrote sermon on I'm thinking y'all will survive this catastrophe yes well, it was just supposed to be last week's. I mean if not I can do like a sermon I did and then add another 20 minutes later wait what <laughs> no all right well <laughs> the lessons that I did use today instead of what I was supposed to use today are these. The first is from the Gospel according to Luke, 23rd chapter 33 through 34a. Remember, that's just the first part of our verse, 33 through 34a, and then jumping ahead to verse 46. Uh, I think you're going to see the obvious connection between our two passages, but right now, friends, open your hearts, minds to the word of the Lord. Let us turn to Scripture. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. 
the word of God for the people of God. Our second passage for today is from the book of Acts, and it begins with chapter 6, the first verse, all the way into chapter 7, the second verse, the first part of the second verse, and then we jump forward again to verse 44 and all the way through verse 60. It is a long passage, so I'm going to stop on occasion to explain things, make sure they're clear, uh, have a stop right at the beginning of this one, and then if I lose my voice as I've been doing all morning, I might ask for a time out so I can take a drink of water. But friends, let us turn to God's holy word. Now, during those days when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists, meaning the followers of Greek origin, complained against the Hebrews, meaning those who are part of the Jesus sect of Judaism complained against the Hebrews because the Greek widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the 12 called together the whole community of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. What they're saying is that their job of preaching and teaching, spending time with the word of God was more important than taking care of the people. We could argue about that, but this is the early church, and this is what the 12 said. Therefore, friends, they said, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose, the community chose, Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. They had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. The word of God continued to spread. The number of the disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. What they're saying is our, these are priests of Judaism. Again, it wasn't the Christian church yet. It was the Jesus sect of Judaism. So that's where the community is growing. Stephen, full of grace and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, uh, these apparently are folks who had been in slavery and had been freed and started their own church, their own synagogue. Some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and others of those from Sicilia and Asia stood up and argued with Stephen, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. Then they secretly instigated some men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. All right, so these are men, part of a synagogue, a church that is not part of the Jesus sect, right? So this is the freed men synagogue. This is strictly 
a, a Jewish synagogue, community, temple, church. Um, and they are not pleased that someone is preaching Jesus as Messiah, that Stephen is preaching that. So they brought charges against him uh, that did not stand. And then they secretly instigated some men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people as well as the elders and the scribes. Then they suddenly confronted him, seized him, and brought him before the council. They set up false witnesses who said, this man never stopped saying things against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses handed on to us. And all who sat in the council looked intently at him and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. They're bringing charges against him. He's in jeopardy, but he's at peace. This sounds familiar as well, maybe from Easter, just a little while ago. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these things so? And Stephen replied, Stephen has a lot to say. As a matter of fact, he has so much to say that we, speak, we skip the first 43 verses of what he has to say. It is a, a long speech, um, a full speech. But he begins and he says this, brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our ancestors had the tent of testimony in the wilderness as God directed when he spoke to Moses, ordering him to make it according to the pattern he had seen. Our ancestors in turn brought it in with Joshua when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our ancestors. And it was there until the time of David who found favor with God and asked that he might find a dwelling place for the house of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for God. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by human hands, as the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? And Stephen now speaks. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in the heart and ears, you are forever opposing the Holy Spirit just as your ancestors used to. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one, and now you have become his betrayers and murderers. You are the ones that received the laws ordained by angels, and yet you have not kept it. When they heard these things, they became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears, and with a loud shout, all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, 
he died. The word of God for the people of God. A long passage, yeah, kind of. The one I was supposed to do for today, a little short passage. <laughs> I, I love the book of Acts. I think I've told you this <clears throat> before, I'm sure I have. Um, and the reason is uh, because I took a class in seminary uh, in which we spent the entire semester translating it from the Greek and then interpreting it as a group. And the class was led by one of my very favorite professors and future Columbia the uh, Theological Seminary president, Steve Hayner, a really remarkable and wonderful man. Um, I'll never forget that at the beginning of the class, Steve said if he were to pick a book of the Bible to make into a movie, it would be Acts. He said it had everything, intrigue, drama, humor, heartache, inspiration, and the story of an Ethiopian eunuch's faith and Philip's Star Trek-like teleportation. That was supposed to be the passage for today. So you're missing out on the teleportation. So you might wanna go ahead and read it on your own. Okay, the story of Philip and the eunuch. Of course, um, all of that stuff has to be in there because it's the story of the early church, right? I mean, every church has those things, early church, maybe not the teleportation, but all the other stuff. More specifically, the book of Acts is about the birth of Christ's church here on earth. And since Christ entrusted human beings to build and sustain the church, the story is filled with fits and starts. That's because invariably when human beings are called to work uh, for God and to do the work of God, and even when God sends the Holy Spirit to help them do the work of God, um, which Christ did for the apostles, he sent to them the Holy Spirit, breathed on them the Holy Spirit, to start the church, to help them start the church, those human beings, we will mess it up from time to time. Now, today's passage isn't necessarily about an early church screw up, but it is about human nature. It is about the undeniable fact that human beings don't always react positively when they're told something they don't wanna hear. The passage starts well enough. The church of Christ is growing and the disciples are preaching and teaching God's word of forgiveness and grace through Christ. They're healing the sick and afflicted. They're doing miraculous things, but they don't have enough time to do all that the Holy Spirit is directing them to do. The apostles are doing the visible stuff really well, but the behind the scenes stuff, the foundational stuff of looking out for and taking care of God's children, the love your neighbor stuff of feeding and caring for the widows and orphans, there just aren't enough hours in the day and they can't keep up. So when it's brought to their attention what they're missing, they real quick form a committee like good elders will do and they create deacons, seriously. That's what they did. The elders are the presbyters, right? 
presbyter, presbytos means elder in Greek. Presbyters, Presbyterian, means we're ruled by elders. Those 12 were the elders, and they created the ministry of the deacons. Now in here, it says that they called men, only men. First of all, that's ridiculous, but we're a little better. We have men and women, elders and deacons, but that's exactly what happened. This is the forming of the deacons, and they did it so that the church might do better, right? And the church does grow because the Holy Spirit is part of it. Um, the church to do better always has to adapt and reform, do something new on occasion, which is pretty scandalous, right? But the elders of the early church, the apostles, they created a group for the nurture and care of the community and society, the deacons. And they, the elders, then gathered round them and they laid hands on them and they pray over them. And they asked the Holy Spirit to equip these new leaders for their immensely important task in the church. And one of those new deacons is Stephen. Stephen is described as someone full of faith which is how all church leaders would like to be referenced rather than the more common full of Yeah, Stephen is full of grace and power. And with that grace and power, he did wonders and signs among the people. And his good work more specifically, who Stephen credited that good work to, Jesus, I just got lost. Let me back up. Pick up after the... Yeah. Okay, now I got it. Stephen, full of grace and power, did great wonders and signs among the people and his good work, more specifically, who Stephen credited that good work to, Jesus and Stephen's direct preaching, rubbed some people the wrong way. There were those from the synagogue of the freedmen, former slaves, who argued against Stephen, which baffles me, really, because Christ specifically came to free the captive, to make the enslaved free, to make all people free. And yet those who knew that particular suffering were somehow turned against the very church of Christ that wanted to help them, wanted to help them so that this earth would be more like heaven. Those who knew suffering were taking sides with the human-made institutions and the powerful people who had created and benefited from their suffering. Like I said, I, I just don't get that. I don't get it. Anyway, when public debate didn't go the way of the group of grumblers, they played dirty and they brought false charges against Stephen, saying that he had spoken blasphemous words against Moses and God. And those false accusations made the people angry because of course they would make them angry. 
didn't matter that the charges were untrue. The anger had been birthed and it grew. And Stephen, standing before those who would have him silenced, once again spoke hard truth to them. You say you are people of faith, that you love God. I say you're stiff-necked, stubborn, and selfish. I say you don't live lives that match your words. You spread falsehoods to protect your power, and even though you claim to be protecting God against blasphemy, you didn't even recognize God when God stood right in front of you. And that was that for Stephen. He spoke truth, and he paid for it with his life. Dragged from his trial, he was stoned by the people, all the while praying to God for those who were in that very moment participating in the act of killing him, saying to Jesus what Jesus had said to God, forgive them for they do not understand what they are doing. And just because it's all connected, always connected, like the unbroken thread of scripture is the connected story of God's love and grace for all humanity, and like all of God's children are connected as kin, because everything is connected, who's standing there protecting everyone's coats and cloaks? It's Saul the Zealot. Saul who would persecute the Church of Christ, the very Saul who Jesus would blind on the Damascus Road, the Saul who Jesus would rename Paul, the same Paul who would plant churches of Christ wherever he traveled, and he traveled a lot, the same Paul responsible for a good many pages, chapters, and verses of the New Testament. Like Steve Hayner said, the Book of Acts would make a pretty good movie because it's a fantastic story. The story of Christ's church, like this church, the story of Christ's people, like you and me, the story of a love and grace that has been freely given for and to everyone, us included. It is our story, most importantly, is our story to share. In the name of the good Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thanks be to God for the blessings of this family of faith. Thanks be to God, and amen. And now we continue worship through the gift of music, a hymn that I'm certain was chosen for today's scripture passages, Out of Deep Unordered Water. Of the Hebrews' clock. 
shore. Life is hallowed by the knowledge God has been this way before. There is water in the river, bringing life to tree and plant. Let creation praise its giver, there is water in the font. Thank you, Evan. Thank you so very, very much. Friends, now, so that our hearts, minds, souls, and beings might be ready and willing to share the good news story of God's love and grace freely given to all through Christ, let us receive this blessing of faith. May the hope and love of Christ, may the grace and goodness of God the Good Father, and may the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and be with you always. Thanks be to God and amen. Thanks for being here. Bye.